Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Experience the unconventional. Evening, boss. The unpredictable. What's happening? And the completely unorthodox. Exactly. With rule-free Ian Lee. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. I've got no internet for the last four days. On Talk Radio. That's what I'm talking about. How have I never heard this version before? It makes me think. It makes me think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is there more Fats Domino? All I know of Fats Domino is Blueberry Hill. That's it. Is, is there more Fats Domino I should be digging? When did that song come out? 1968. The, the Beatles did it. It's from uh, the album commonly known as the White Album, even though the real name is The Beatles, by The Beatles. And that's Fats Domino. I sort of thought he stopped doing songs in 1956. But he obviously recorded that 68, 69, I would have thought. Is there some more? I like that. I like that. I found some great Beatles covers for you tonight. Uh, late Night Alternative, I'm Ian Lee. Who are you? Uh, Catherine Boyle. And Sam is answering the phones tonight. If you're waiting for a question, if you're waiting for the deep, detailed analysis of the Labour Manifesto, if you're waiting for something, you ain't going to get it. You ain't going to get it. Instead, you're just going to get us rambling on. And, and tonight's prep involved me Googling weird Beatles Covers. I found some. I found some great ones. Let me play. Oh, I found. found well, let's talk to our friend Sharon first. Good evening, Sharon. Hello, Ian. Hello, Catherine. Hey, Hello, Sharon, my old friend. It's nice to bathe with you again. What can we do for you tonight, Sharon? <laughs> Don't shout at me. I have a story, and I'll get to the point. Mm, well, come on. <laughs> I like a style. <laughs> get to the point. So, this time last year, yes. I took an overdose. Oh, yeah, and ended up in hospital. Oh, okay, sure. yes. but now I've got a better point than this, right? <laughs> um, I like you. You're bonkers. <laughs> yeah, and um, in yeah, I was way. in a really dark place, a yes. really, really dark place. Yeah. Um, a hospital for five days, whatever. Anyway, I whatever. went on a spiral, left my kids, left my husband at Christmas. Yep. He asked me back, um, saved my life, and we travel to work now every day and on the way home listening to your podcast. Oh, hang on a second. Are you saying our... Now, are you saying that our podcast is responsible for the attempt to take your own life? No, 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 Today, no, we've just... Well, we've, we're back together, but our little bond together is our drive to work oh, in the morning. Sharon. And our little bond home again is uh, our little drive home again with you two on the radio. And we laugh and we cry. And this morning's um, podcast was Chris in Plymouth. Oh, for, that's from about... That's almost a year ago to the day. It was a year ago, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Sharon. Yeah, and you said something yeah. on there that you said when you get in that place, yeah. it's not, oh, I don't want this or I can't live like this. It's people are better off without me. Mm, yeah. And that's how I felt at that point. And I thought, oh, I couldn't wait till 10 o'clock to ring you and say, yes. Mm. That's what I thought. Mm. Um. But those thoughts, are you are you saying those thoughts uh, have, uh, are far behind you now? Oh, way far behind Brilliant. me now. I've got a granddaughter. And oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I'm in a great place. But Brilliant. We, we went to work this morning yeah. and it was at that point where you went, Chris, Chris, can you answer me? Uh-oh. And then he had to get out for work and all day long I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I couldn't wait to get back in the car yeah. to put the podcast back on. 
to hear that he was okay again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he came on the show. I can let, spoiler alert. He came on the show a, a month or two afterwards as well. Still, you know, life was still difficult, but he was he, he survived that evening. Oh no, he he flicks back and forth to like it might be last year, but then we might listen to you last night. Oh God, is that not confusing? You, you can't you, you can't jump around in time like that. It'll drive you it'll drive you crazy. You know my husband, anyway. He used to be your DPD driver, Craig. Oh, Craig! Well, I do know, I do know Craig. He, uh, when I moved into my new house, new house, gosh, we're talking August last year, like day two or three, this fella rocks up. He goes, oh, my God, I can't believe it's you. And, of course, my ego was like, oh, well, <laughs> of course. And uh, he, he, he was always, a, he was a brilliant uh, driver deliverer, better than the, the jerks we've got now doing it. <laughs> Actually, the new, one's, the new one's really good as well. Oh, well, send my best to Craig, Sharon, and thank you so, so much for your kind words. And I'm, I'm really... Really glad that you're 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 back on um, facing the right way again. Oh yeah, can I just ask you a question? Oh, oh here we go. I haven't got any no, money. No, no. I haven't got any no, money. No, it's all right. I've got none either. I don't oh, need good. it. Yeah. Um, you said in your podcast that you were doing Luton next year. Oh shoot! Yeah, I need to get back to them with the dates. <laughs> yes, yes, we're doing Luton Library next year. Probably not until about September, I think. Okay, because I've looked on the website at your yet. date and right. it's not there. Not there yet. I need to. I'm going to write down in my diary uh, email Luton Library Theatre tomorrow. That's what I'm going to do. And we will keep an eye out and we'll be there. Okay, okay. Hang on. Email Luton. Thank you, Sharon. So nice to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks no, a no. lot. Bye bye. What Sharon. a great start to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Everybody. Everybody, a lot of people out there struggling. That's the weird thing. For those who don't, who, who, who weren't listening, just as we're picking up new listeners at a rate of knots, uh, about this time last year, we just took a phone call from a guy called Chris, and uh, he had taken an overdose, and he was outside, and he didn't know where he was, uh, and he was dying. And thanks to the help of uh, Catherine and some eagle-eared listeners, we were able to pinpoint exactly where he was. Um, and 30 minutes, yeah, 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 after 30 minutes, the police rocked up and uh, saved him and uh, took him to the hospital. Um, I, I think he died for like, well, he was definitely in intensive care for a few days in a coma. Yeah. I think he might have died and they brought him back, but he was certainly in a coma. Um, and I spoke to him a bit over that Christmas and he came on once or twice uh, on the show. I think the last time we spoke to him was about February earlier in the year. Chris, if you're listening, it'd be lovely to get an update, man, to know where you uh, where you are and what's going on. And thank you for that, Sharon. Those are nice words. What a start to the show. How humbling. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. I had something really good for the show tonight and I forgot to write it down. It was one of those things. I thought, this is so good. I will. I do not need to write it down. Uh, and I'll remember it, and I can't. I thought tonight one of the things I can talk about it a little bit easier now about my velvet, uh, my cat being put to sleep yesterday. I can talk about it a little bit easier, but it's still very sad. But what struck me is that for those, for those of you who've been listening for a while, you'll know all about velvet. For the, again, for the new listeners, it was a cat I got her nearly nineteen years ago. Uh, she was two years old. She was a rescue cat, and um, she's seen me through a marriage, through two kids, through a couple of long-term relationships. Um, and uh, she, anyway, she, I had to have her put down yesterday. She was, she was coming up to twenty-one, and she was not very well. And I took her to the vets, and the vet said, "Well." possibly her kidneys and we could possibly give her an injection that might have an effect in 48 hours and then he sort of paused and looked at me and I said is it time and he said I think it probably is and so we put it down oh it's the, the saddest thing is the saddest saddest thing and the reason I can talk about it now without crying is because I've been crying all day <laughs> all day and I might start crying in a bit and um but several things have uh, have have come out of that. Oh, and I got a card from the vets today. Oh, I got a card from the vets saying, "Really sorry for your loss," and it was signed by everyone at the vets. What a lovely, what a lovely thing to do. Here's um, uh, so, so there's but there's a couple of things that kind of come out of it. Firstly, right, I, I, I tweeted. Not the greatest picture of me in velvet. It's me in bed, topless, with her sniffing my eyeball, which is one of the things she liked to do. But it's the only one I could find. Uh, 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 it's the only one I could find. Better uh, than her nibbling your nipple, which it, she also liked to do. I never took a picture of that. That was a private moment between the two of us. 
oh, when I got into bed last night and I, 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 took, I took, a, took three packets of cat food out of the cupboard and I went, ah, yes, and I put one, one packet back and then I went upstairs to bed and I looked at where she would normally sleep and I've got to move her bed and clean her hairs and I've got her bowl. And I went, None of the other cats are using that bowl. That bowl is velvet, so I've decided. Anyway, uh, uh, so I tweeted it, right? And the, t- it, the tweet has been, I'm not doing this for likes, obviously, but it's been liked like 12,000 times or 10,500 times, something like that, by big names. Big names. Dermot O'Leary. Susie Dent. Linda Nolan. Big names, Cat right? Cat fans. Which, which, is, which is great. And uh, I've not had one, not one, snarky, mean reply to that tweet. Now, admittedly, I muted a lot of people over the years and I've blocked a lot of people. But still... You would think, I would think, maybe you wouldn't, I would think, I was waiting for the, oh man up snowflake, you crying again like you did in the jungle, um, uh, the, the tension seeking, I was expect one of those, nothing, nothing, unless I've missed it, I think I've seen all the comments, I think I've read all the comments, and I've taken the time to do that, so thank you, and all the emails, thank you, uh, apart from the email from one guy who's a stalker. <laughs> Who sent me an email? <laughs> Unbelievable! A guy that we we've reported to the police. Just wanted to say, but sorry to hear about you. But, 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 you, but what? <laughs> we reported you to the police. You nut job. Yeah, could you not? Could, could you, you not? not? <laughs> How dare you mention Velvet's name in an email, you scumbag! Um, uh, but not one snarky comment. And then our friend Dave DM me and said, "I think you're finally having the experience on Twitter that most people have." It's Twitter, mate. I have no question to it. It just it just proves to me that there are a lot of good people out there, a lot of good people. So many nice comments. And so many people very kindly sharing pictures of their cats and their dogs. And um a lot of a lot of cats have died recently around the age of twenty. I don't want to say there's a I've got a conspiracy. Where theory. were you on the night in question? Exactly. I, mean, I think we know who's doing it. It's the people whose names can't be mentioned. <laughs> it's a reference to last night's show and our anti uh, anti Semitic conspiracy theories. I don't. I do not. Just to say, I do not think the Zionists or the Jewish people are going around killing cats around the age of twenty. I have to clarify that. Um, uh, but most people have been really understanding. I was expecting a bit of. I mean, it's only a cat. Get over it. But most people have got it. And then I found myself... They don't want to rile the cat lovers. No. And someone tweeted, um, Ian, it's Twitter. Cats are taken very seriously (laughs) here. Thank you. But then I found myself doing, and I apologise for this, but this show is about honesty. I found myself thinking about a couple of tweets I saw, what I was expecting to get back, right? And the, the, the thing is, the first thought, we've talked about this, you can't control the first thought. The first thought is what the knee-jerk is instinctive, instinctual. Instinctual? Instinctive, I would say. Okay. But I think you can say that. The second thought is the one that counts, as far as I'm concerned. First one that pops up, you can act on it, you can go with it, you can run with it, or you can go, nah, get, get, get out of here. What, what do I really think? And, and I'll tell you what it was. Someone tweeted me that, and this might make you laugh, or it might not, if you're a better human than me. Someone tweeted, yeah, we lost our pet lizard of five the other day and it, it broke my heart. And someone else tweeted about a snake dying. And I, it, it, and I kind of I, I went, yeah, all right, mate, whatever. And then I realised I was doing what I was expecting other people to do to me because I do not see... A lizard or a snake, in the same way that I see a cat. Snob- I was being snobby. I was being a snob. I was being arrogant, and I was being a snob. And and it was it was really interesting. I was because um, I saw it as I was getting in the car, and then I was driving, and I thought, God, that's that's a terrible first thought to have, because obviously to those people, they were part of the family in the same way that Velvet. Velvet was one of my kids. Velvet was my, was, was my oldest kid, my, my, my little girl. Um, and these pets had similar, identical, whatever places in their family. And I felt really bad that my initial reaction was to sneer slightly, privately. I didn't tweet, of course I wouldn't tweet, sneer slightly, uh, bloody lizard dying. But of course it doesn't 
matter, does it? Doesn't matter what it is. You have a living creature that is part of your family. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter uh, uh, what it is. So thank. I want to thank those people for sharing that with me because it really caused me to think a lot about what makes. A family. What makes you know why why we invite pets into our lives and why they become so important and why they can be like extra children or brothers or sisters. You know what I mean? Give me that kind of thing. Are you about to cry or are you stifling no, a yawn? No, 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 no. Or is it a fart? Before, but now I've got a cat. But before, it was a fart. I only ever had goldfish. Yeah. And they were pretty. I mean, they're, they're, they're a bit selfish. It's tough to build a relationship with. But I did get upset when. But Bentley I was really died. upset when my yeah. goldfish died. Like really upset. I wasn't so upset when the boys' goldfish died because it was like every other week and I just had to keep going buying another one. Um, but we do invite animals to be part of our families and it, I, I learned a real lesson today. It doesn't matter. To me, it's cats. The boys have got a dog. I'm not so keen on dogs, but I get it. And I couldn't get, until I saw these tweets, a snake and a lizard. I couldn't get it. Huh? But now I get it. So I want to thank those people for sharing that with me. It's um, really got me to think a lot. Um, but also, uh, I, I'm so thrilled that so many people have identified... Because and what I've, did, what I've definitely not said to anyone, and it's popped up in my head, didn't say... Well, I wanted to say it to the vet when he put Velvet down. Wanted to say it to the receptionist when I said, can I settle up? And she said, well, we don't have to do it today now. We can, I said, no, I'll, I'll, let's just do it. Wanted to say it to the builders at home. Patrick, if you're listening, um, please don't cause another leak in my house. For God's sakes, man. For God's sakes. Patrick caused a leak in my house that has caused thousands of pounds worth of damage. My God. Um, I wanted to say it on Twitter. And what I wanted to say was... Oh, God, you must think I'm so stupid crying about this. And that is a real me trying to cover up my... my trying to explain away... My, God, you must think I'm so stupid crying about this. Because, of course, the vet isn't going to think that. The receptionist isn't going to... People might think that, but, but so many people... What, what's the point I'm trying to get to? So many people on Twitter <clears throat> have shown me... Of course, it's not stupid to be upset about that. That it is. It's not like losing a family member. It is losing a family member. And the grief is as real and as heavy as anything else. Would I cry more if one of my boys went? Yeah, probably. Of course. Of course. But the grief is real. The pain is real. I've been crying so much today. So much. And I was trying to find some pictures and I, I, I found a few. I've not got... I can't find many of when she was younger. But I've got a few and I, I, I found a half a dozen because my ex-wife wanted some because she's very upset. And, and I found some and then I was in tears and I thought, I can't look for any more. This will do for now. Um, so I've been in tears today. And I'll cry again when I go home. Of course I will. Uh, and that, you know... And I'm close to it now, but I'm not going to. But it doesn't matter if I do. But so many people have shown me that the grief when a pet goes is just as real and just as valid as when a human being goes. In some ways it could be more painful, some ways it might be less painful, but it's just as real and it's just as valid. And I nearly, I really didn't want to come in yesterday to do the show, but part of me thought, ah, I tell you what, my thinking was twofold. One that I'd had two nights off last week because I was not feeling great. And one was, I can't have the night off because a cat died. I, the last radio station I worked at, yeah. one of my colleagues, when he lost his cat, I think he was off for two weeks. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I get it. And of course I could have had a night off for Velvet dying. Of course I could have had the rest of the week off for Velvet dying. Um would be fine. And I think and it's partly because I've got a really good boss, actually, who um, gets the mental health stuff. He gets stuff. He's very... Denny is, for all of his faults, and there are many... Main one being he's so tiny. 
so tiny. I have to, it's not really his fault. He has to, for me to look up to him, he has to stand on two boxes. But he's, he, but he's a great boss. And I know that not everywhere is, is, would be anywhere near as understanding as, as, as our direct bosses. And so I'm, I'm eternally grateful for but that. you've never had to make an excuse to Denny? No, 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 no. I've, I've, no, I've always, always been able to tell him uh, the truth. Um, but, 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 but again, it, it, it made me think, I, I don't quite know what this, this is. We're going to go to an advert in a minute. And we've got uh, Caddick, Greg and Susan. And we'll, we'll do all that. And I've not really got a point. I guess the point I'm trying to make is, let me tie it in with something. I remember hearing on um, a rival breakfast show, Nick Ferrari, a couple of months ago, there was a campaign to make it law that you could take time off if a pet died. And he was being very sneering and condescending about it, as is his wont. And I remember sort of not being completely on his side, but I kind of got his point in a less condescending way, thinking, well, uh, two, three days off. Wasn't totally swung either way. I was kind of sitting on the fence, but slightly, I think both, I was sat on the fence, but both legs were on Ferrari's side of the fence. But I was still sat on the fence. But now, now, yeah, of course, of course, of course it should be. You lose someone that's lived with you for six months, 10 years, 20 years, as Velvet did, then, yeah, of course you should be allowed to. It should be law that you can have um, bereavement time off. And here's the thing with animals. You get them and they're your baby. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're older than you. Yeah. And you're looking after an an old person. Yeah. You see their whole life. Mm. And you're their main focus. Of course you're going to miss it. And now I'm going to start crying. So, that's not what this is about tonight. I'm going to try and keep the private crying a little bit more private. And um, you want to hear me crying, get download last night's podcast. It's great. It's me crying about Velvet and then um, tearing uh, an anti-Semite, a new one. It's a wonderful mix. Really sums up what we do here on The Late Night Alternative. So, <laughs> there's no, you know, if you want to contribute to what I've said, that's great. Uh, I want to personally thank everybody who sent me an email, uh, apart from that guy, uh, or a, t- a tweet. With your condolences, it, I've read every single one, man. I've not replied to all of them. Uh, I've replied to hardly any of them because actually I found it quite hard. But I've read every single one, and I've had some really nice offers of having some of the ashes turned into a bit of jewellery, which I'm going to do. Of I've had a um, very talented young woman whose name escapes me, but said if you can get a decent picture of Velvet, I'll do a portrait of her. Velvet did not like having her photo taken. You would get there with a phone or a camera, so all she is, and she'd look at you and then she'd just turn and walk away. Tell me about it's it. So she just didn't like having her photo taken. Mm. So I've not got many, but I'm going to try and find one because this young woman is so talented, and I thought that'd be lovely. Of course, I have picture that you commissioned as my Christmas present last year of her, which sits in the big painting, which is in the living room, and it's just oh, it makes me, you know, it has me in pieces. Anyway, the point I'm trying to say is I love everybody. I love you, Catherine. I love you, Sam. I love um, who, who else do I love? I love I love you, Alan. Hello. I love you, Alan. I love you too, Ian. I love you, Susan. I love you. Um, and I love you, dear listener. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. It's all my love. This is Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. 
you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. 0344-499-1000. What is going on with you cats? Come here, bud. Oh, we've got a game from an 83 back with Lionel Blair and name that tune. Oh, go on, let's play it. I'm back to double the mobile. Because it was gone to a commercial break. Oh. Anyway, Bob, sorry to hear about your cat, because I know it's like to lose a pet. What did you have, Alan? Well, I had two dogs that died. What were their names? The first one was called Lady, and the second one was called Bella. Hey, it's sad, isn't it? They were both 16 years old when they died. Oh, man. First one, Lady died of a heart attack. Oh, blimey. And Bella died of a broken leg and old age. Ah, oh, man, it's um, sad, isn't it, um, when they... Uh... Yeah, they were proper pets of family. And Lady helped me camping with my phobia of dogs. I'll play this for your sadly deceased dog. Thanks, you, well. Lady, I'm your knight. I hope you don't mind us playing that. I thought that was just a lovely song and I thought it might be a nice little tribute to Yeah, and it was nice to hear your thoughts and, um, yeah, nice to hear your thoughts on it, Alan. Thank you, boss. No, thank you, mate. I'm sorry if I upset you. That's OK. Anyway, life goes on. And I've got RuPaul's Drag Race UK report. <laughs> don't spoil it, please! <laughs> it's from last week. Of ladies, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hang on, I've got a song for that. It, it goes, uh, <laughs> it goes a little bit like this. <laughs> Is that bag of chips or divided the campo? Don't spoil it, please. No, I'm talking about last week. But just don't spoil it. You know, um, Catherine and I have been invited to the Ru- RuPaul's Drag Con yeah. in Olympia in, in January. Yeah, and a lot of the big stars are going, oh, and which one started following me? Bag of uh, shite? No, Vin- of Vinegar Strokes. Vinegar Strokes started following me, which is great. Well, she was eliminated in week three, she was. Yep, yeah, um, I like I like those ladies. I don't, I don't know why they focus so much on their brothers. Uh, <laughs> the brothers are, are weird, horrible-looking men, but, those, but the ladies are great. 
there was a drag queen from Birmingham in that show called Something Wrong. Yeah, there was, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she got eliminated in week four. There we go. Alan, um... Nice to talk to you, mate, and thank you for sharing um, your stories about ladies. It's, it's nice to hear, you know, how pets can uh, have an impact on us. And thanks for the RuPaul's Drag Race update. Thank you, Mark. Thank you very much indeed. 03444991000. This is Talk Radio. Stimulating nightly emissions guaranteed to open your eyes and your mind. Oh, my word. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. 0344 499 Switchboard is empty. Tomorrow night, all three hours straight to air. Sam's going to join us in the studio. We're going to bring some food and some drinks in. And we're um, just going to, you know, see what... Half of... Um, right. Here we go. I'll do a story, and then you do a story, and then... We're, 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 we're... All right, let's do stories. I might be bothered. Fancy going home. <laughs> huh? Can Andre not come in early? He's so he's so full of energy. Yes. I don't know if the, by the end by what time does he finish? Five o'clock. I don't know if four hours is enough time for him to burn off his exuberance. So if he wants to come in thirty-seven minutes early and try and burn off a little bit more exuberance, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm not listening by five o'clock. I'm asleep. Right. If anyone has, has listened to Andre Walker at the beginning of the show and at the end of the show. Is the exuberance the same all the way through, or it, it ha- what goes up must calm down? He can't be as upbeat at five o'clock as he is at one o'clock. It's not a sustainable be. lifestyle, is it? It? Is, it is not. And if he is as upbeat, man's gonna that man's gonna die at the age of twenty-seven, like Jim Morrison in a bath. Oh, okay. that's not a threat, by the way. Um, relying on public transport to get around means you may need to lower your tolerance of being in close proximity to other humans. I love getting the tube, I love getting the bus, I love mm. getting the train, but not at peak times. I do not like being sandwiched between mm. people's armpits. Mm, mm, unless I know the person. Mm, mm, mm. I do take pleasure... I've got a dirty little secret. Oh, God. I do take... If it's a really packed train and dropping my guts... <laughs> oh, my God. That secret is not a secret. I, I really do. But it is dirty. It's like a sort of low-level terrorist. You know what I mean? It's like a low-level... Chemical weapon. Chemical weapon. Thank you. That's it. And so I do enjoy doing that. Now, if ISIS just went around dropping their guts, you know what? I'd be annoyed, but I'd be, more, I'd be prepared to sit around the table and talk. Okay? But I do do that. <laughs> um, Here's the thing with you. Hello, Catherine. I've worked with you for what... Five, six years now. Six or six, seven years. So long that now I know your farts from anybody else's. Mm. That's. Oh, I can tell my boy. I can identify my boys. They've got both got different smells. It's like when I say, right, who's farted, and my youngest now goes, it wasn't me, and you know, because I, I always tell you when it is. <laughs> but I had, the, I had um, Patty, the kitten, twelve week old kitten, on my shoulder She's the, the other day. She's the sweetest little dog. Beautiful little thing. Tempted to bring them in. She just shat on my... Sh- shat. <laughs> well, that's she it. Did, she nearly did. Much. She sat on my shoulder and just went... <laughs> I went, what? You dirty mare. Yeah. Velvet would never have done that. Whether it's being wedged in between two strangers closer than you've been with anyone for a while or trying not to cry when someone coughs without putting their hands over their mouth, some things just come hand in hand with taking trains. When people cough like this... Disgusting. Just leave their mouth wide open. I hate people. <coughs> really hate people. Disgusting. But one man has pushed the patience of his fellow commuters to the limit by deciding to transform the train station platform into his personal bathroom. It's not quite as bad as that. A photo posted online shows a man happily brushing his teeth as he waits for the tube in London before spitting out the contents of his mouth onto the floor in front of him. That is out of order. Uh, Twitter user Melissa Thurms uploaded the snap with the caption disgusting behaviour at Euston Station this morning. Packed platform, and, packed platform and this man starts brushing his teeth and spits repeatedly on the platform. Now, he's one of the... Here's a jungle secret. Stanley Johnson, who is a disgusting man, in that he every step he takes... Literally every step... <laughs> I remember we won... I'm amazed he lasted so long on Hunted. But he's deaf. He can't hear anything. Uh. Right? So I remember one... I don't remember quite remember how, but the men 
want to slap up. I ate so well in that jungle. I ate so well. I had the best meals I've had constantly. That pig's fanny, huh? But we, um, pig's fanny, yeah. We, um... That was disgusting. The way they kind of uncorked it. Oh, beautiful. No, no, um, uh, bug smoothies or anything this year. No, I know. Bow to pressure, pussies. None of those either. Um... But we want the the men won like a slap up meal, and it was at night time. It was really late at night, and they sort of rushed us because it was so late. So we didn't really enjoy it that much. But so we're walking down, and we had to walk through this dark. And me and I don't know two thickos I was with were behind him, and just <laughs> literally every step. It's not an exaggeration. <laughs> and we me and um, it was it was me it was me Dennis um, uh, Amir and I can't remember the other guy's name Jamie. Uh, we're just in hysterics. And then you'd notice it all the time. You'd just be sat talking to him. And in the middle of a sentence, he'd carry on talking. But while he's talking... No. would just come out and you'd think... And he obviously didn't notice it. He must have... Stanley Johnson must have such a loose anus. (laughs) Because it would just come out. And he wouldn't feel it. But he also... Another thing. He also was disgusted. Disgusted. Right. By people brushing their teeth in front of him, he thought it was it was like cleaning your genital or something. It was. It, it, I remember him saying, "It's, it's, 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 it's like tough." Or a couple of people were walking about brushing their teeth. Oh, it's disgusting. I said, "What's disgusting, Stan? That 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 is private. That should be done in private. That is not. I do not want to see that." I said, "Well, brushing your teeth is yeah. It's a personal, private matter. Yeah, exactly. It's going on. It is a personal." Private matter, and people shouldn't see that. Now, there Meanwhile, wasn't you're much walking room. in his backdraft. There wasn't much room in the sort of washing. And also, there was a nice, there was a nice bit of stream just on the other side of the camp that was good to brush your teeth in. So you, you, you brush your teeth, and you'd spit into the stream, and then you get into bed. Uh, but he found it disgusting, really, really disgusting. Weird, weird old um, thing. Very weird man. Very strange. Windy man. Very strange, windy man with very strange principles. I think old men in particular do lose track of their guts, don't they? Yeah. Did the story... Did they show... Because I've not watched... That never came out. You would think that the I'm not. a Celebrity would go for that. That's, that's generally the sort of stuff they, they like. Did they show him telling the story about the time he was nearly raped in Afghanistan? It's not one of the highlights I remember. Right. He told an amazing story. And he told it in... He told it... It's an incredible story, right? He told it in front of cameras, so it's, it's all right for me to say. About how when he was a young man in his 20s... I think it was Afghanistan, maybe Iraq, but I, wanted, I think it was Afghanistan. He went travelling around the world. And I bet... 22-year-old Stanley Johnson... I bet he was all right. Blonde, striking young man. Tall, it's only tall and very blonde. Is right? he tall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah, didn't he's tall. And he was in Afghanistan. I can't quite remember the full details. But he was trying to get somewhere. And he was in a like a, a coffee shop. And these two men said, Oh, well, we're going that way. We'll give you a lift. And he was like, Okay, that's that's great. Yeah, definitely. So he got in their car, and after a while, he realised they were driving him up a mountain. Oh, blimey. I'm pausing, because I want to make sure I get this as right as I can. And he worked out they were going to rape him. These two old, older Afghani men were going to rape him, right? And he's telling this in a very humorous, very he's, he's a very good storyteller, but he was telling this pack full of jokes and everyone's laughing, right? And I'm sat there thinking, God, this is I don't dark, know if we're it? meant to be... Uh, this isn't... He's choosing to tell it with humour. Great. I told my stories of abuse with humour for a long time. But laughing is... Anyway. And... They, he, now, I can't quite remember. He... I th- they, he, they either locked him in a shed... <gasps> Or he jumped out of the moving car. I think he jumped out of the moving car and hid in some bushes. I think he broke his arm. Hid in some bushes. He was really badly injured. 
hid in some bushes, and they came out with guns. My God. Trying to find him. I think they'd taken his shoes as well. And he had to walk down this mountain in Afghanistan at two, three o'clock in the morning, knowing that somewhere in the background were two horny rapists with a shotgun. Flipping it, man. And, of course, he escaped and he wasn't... He told us he was not raped in the end. And um, I remember him telling us this and thinking, wow. And then everyone sort of had this crush on Stanley that I never quite bought into. Well, yeah, that got shown. The um, You saying that you're not going to drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, and it was like, oh, did they show that? Ian Lee compares Stanley Johnson to cult leader. It was like that. I don't know if he was doing it deliberately, but certainly everyone <laughs> fell into they that. They got sucked into the old man charm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's a nice guy, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I didn't, he, he, he kind of, I, I didn't buy into that. But then they all wanted to, at the behest of Jamie Lomas, they, they wanted to write, they kept wanting to do things for him, like serve their master. And so they wanted to have an evening that was like a tribute to Stanley Johnson. And so we all had to write this poem. Now, we weren't allowed anything to write on, but the... They managed to keep some paper, some big sheets of paper from a task, and the producers let us keep it. And then they, someone found some chalk. And we had to go off. You get like a... You know when there's a birthday card going around? Yeah. You get a... Have you signed uh, the old birthday card? You've got to sign it. It's over there. And so we all had to go and write this, like, four lines of a poem. Whose idea was it? Was this Toff's idea? Jamie's. Flipping out, man. And you know, you know the tune of the poem. Sing the tune of the poem. Da 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 but they, they, they wrote a funny verse about the time he escaped uh, th- th- from that situation. And I think Jenny and Toff were the only people that went, um, maybe Shappy as well. Um, is this really meant... Should we, re- should we be putting this in? This doesn't feel like a... Sub- OK, he told it in a funny way, but that's up to him how he tells that story. I don't know if we should be doing a comedy, putting this into a comedy. I kept quiet because I thought the whole idea was... Look at that scratch of my from my cat. I kept quiet because I thought the whole thing was just an awful, awful idea, but I was not in favour at the time and I didn't want to... I just kept quiet and did my silly, boring, silly lines. And we all had to stand there in a line and perform it for him. Oh, and while he was sat on a throne, I'm just thinking, this is this is awful. But they kept that... They, they, they put that thing in the um the poem he's lived an amazing life right he's lived an amazing amazing life and he's 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 been to some very dangerous situations but um i would have thought they would have shown they would have shown that they didn't show that on a saturday night on itv gosh okay not that i recall it was it was um it was incredible and also i guess you want a serious point out of it it highlights that if you are a victim of anything you are allowed to tell the story how you want to tell it it doesn't mean other people can tell the story in the same mm. way I, I i for a long time told my abuse in a very humorous very funny way and i would laugh about it but that was my way of kind of dealing with it i, I don't want to read too much into stanley psychology cuz that's not has nothing to do with me really but it, 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 if he wants to tell a story like that in a funny way maybe it is funny to him maybe it is funny Happened 50 odd years ago. Maybe it's a funny story to him. I don't think that gives us the right to then tell that story and make jokes about it. I've told stories about dodgy things that happened to me. Dodgy things that happened to me. You talked about a a French guy masturbating (laughs) in front of you and you're laughing now. I know. And you've told, and you remember you telling me that story and you told it to me a few times. I remember saying, but you know that's abuse, right? You know that he has abused you by doing that. Yeah. I know. But the way to. The way to express it in what I thought was acceptable to other people was to couch it in, God, what a weirdo. And but actually, okay. it was horrific. Yeah. And that's okay. For, you can tell it any way you yeah. want, and I can't judge you for it. But it was only years later. Oh, yeah. there, there's been other things, like the guy that followed me home and tried to push me in the flat. Well, when you told me that, I couldn't believe that's horrific. Yeah. Yeah. Push you, push you in the flat. And how did you get out of that? I managed to, I managed to shove him out the door. But... Um, 
that I saw as a, oh, God, that was a weird thing that happened. That and that's the story that I told There's a guy that assaulted you and po- quite possibly nearly, yeah. re- nearly sexually assaulted yeah. you as well. Yeah, and there's been a couple of things like that. But it's only kind of as you get further away from it that you feel, I think, sometimes, or, or I felt brave, not brave enough, I felt able to address yeah. how serious it could have been. Yeah. Because when it first happens, I think the way to deal with it is to minimise it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. God, in that, in that, that a strange way of dealing it. I mean, with that, it. I, 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 th- there is something. Uh, this is going to. Uh, there is something. Ah, I was going to say there's something humorous. No, there is something very. There's something pathetic about a man masturbating in front of a woman on a train. That's yeah. it. Not humorous. That's the word. There's something pathetic about that, which I think lends itself to to kind of the almost the pointing and the laughing yeah. thing, right? But the most shocking thing to me about that incident was that no one else said anything, and people, other people noticed. Well, I told you about when I was 16 and I was 15 or 16 and I was in London with my friend Malcolm and we'd come to see Transvision Vamp and there was a train strike and so we had to get home at a certain point and we'd had a couple of beers and there were these two men in their 40s, 50s started chatting us up on a train, on an underground station and I was kind of... He wasn't chatting us up to start with. He was just kind of talking sort of drunken nonsense and I was sort of winding him up a little bit, as I do now with some of the callers. Yeah. And then... It got very overtly sexual very quickly. He talked about he talked about how he wanted to film me having sex with a pig. Oh my god! He said he said, and this is the funny bit. He said, "Abba, that's how Abba got famous." I'm like, All right. He said, "Oh, well, you got a beautiful young man. I want to film you." He didn't say anything. I was like, "All right." And then he started. I think he started talking about do I like giving blowjobs and stuff. And I was like, "Whoa, all right." And the tube came, and there weren't many tubes, so we had to get this. And we jumped on one, and he jumped on the, with his mate the same entrance. So we jumped off and ran down and jumped on, and he followed us. And then he walked down the train. And I was 15, but I was tall, so I looked older. And he started touching me up, sort of groping me on the train. I was terrified. And I summoned up all my energies, a packed train. I summoned all my strength and courage, and I shouted at him, if you touch me again, I'm going to effing smash you in the face. I'm shaking with yeah. fear. And his response was very drunk. I remember it's slurring. I'm I'm ever so sorry for touching you in such a sensual way. God. And no one said anything, no. man. No one said anything. And we got off at the next stop and like me and my friend ran off and then we had to get a cab and oh, awful. I can feel it in my chest now. Um and no one said anything. And I can't imagine being in a situation where someone says something like that, I mean, at the very least, not standing up and using my height yeah. as a weapon and just going, is everything all right? I can't imagine not doing that. Maybe it's because that happened to me and I was on the receiving end of it. Um, but so the point of what you were... So don't take the attention off me, off of you to me, but the point of you saying that that happened on a train and no one said anything, yeah. oh, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me. Unfortunately... There's a bloke sitting there with his kid right next to it. But then I suppose he's horrified that this is happening in front of his little girl. There are, you can cite loads of psychological studies of, of group think. Yeah, doesn't it take one person it takes to one step person, up and then... It takes one person to break the dam and then nearly everyone will kind of get involved. The thing is, I've also been in situations where things have started to happen and I've just frozen. I get it. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, oh. Maybe it's different being a woman on your own. This is what I was Actually, the older I get, yeah. the, the braver I get, I think. Yeah. Because I'm probably because I'm becoming that old woman who don't oh, give a I toss. I call people out a lot. I remember a few years ago, my eldest was in a buggy and there were some kids at the bus stop in Muswell Hill, a nice area, smoking weed. And I called them out for it. I said, guys, come on, man. i got a baby here. You can't do that here. Or well, a few years ago, it tends to be... I'm quite confident speaking to drug people because of my history. There were some kids sniffing lighter fluid in Windsor and the kids were with my wife... And I said, you guys go on, I'm just going to have a quick chat with these. And I went, guys, come on, man, right? My kid could have seen that. First of all, that stuff you're sniffing is shit. You, you don't want to do that, if, you know, but if you're going to do it, please try and find somewhere that my kids can't see it. But also, if you're going to do drugs, don't do that. That's not a drug. Yeah. That's going to fry your brain. Anyway, so drug people, I'm quite happy to go up and say... Come on, man, there's got to be something better than that today. I think I'm all right with people who are, um, who I could be their mother. <laughs> people swearing in the street, 
I can in front of my kids. Yeah. I'll say something. Oh, I'll call people out for swearing. Yeah, we went to the park when my kids were really little, and me and my mum, we we've been over there, and we had to tidy it up so that we could use the swings because right. we it, we it was on a weekend. It was probably after a Friday night, and the bigger kids go down there and like yeah. you know there's a supermarket opposite, so they buy Should they buy kissy, everything. Kissy, yeah, yeah, loads of bottles and all sorts. Yeah. So we just tidied it up, and then this group of girls came, and they're all sitting around in a circle. And do you know what? I get it. I get how you can get a bit sweary and loud with your friends because you forget yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Especially, I think, kids these days because they don't get let out until they're like 14, 15. They're playing inside their back gardens or going to each other's houses because parents are so worried, you know, and I think sometimes justifiably about letting their kids play in the street. My street is so full of cars, you couldn't play the way we used to in the street. Although I do try and let my kids do that. Um, but So they're not used to it. They're not used to sort of rubbing along beside the rest of society and knowing what's appropriate, you know, behaviour mm. sometimes. And you get carried away and daft and stuff. So I get it, I get it, I get it. These girls were sitting in a circle and and um, they're just like, we're starting to throw litter over their shoulders. And so I really quietly went up and I said, listen, you are going to pick this up, aren't you? Because I've just spent half an hour doing this so mm. I can tidy up for the kids. And I know that you wouldn't want that. And they were like, oh, I'm really sorry. And I think they had just forgotten yeah. themselves. Yeah. And you do and you show off in front of your mates, don't you? No. But... I'm not frightened of that kind of stuff. But the other end of things, like that time on New, on the subway in New York, when that guy started on you, uh, that was that awful. Was, that was terrifying. That was terrifying. And we was going our way to see Imani Coppola and, and, and she said, why would, you get, why would you make eye contact with a schizo guy? And what she meant by that was... She may have actually said schizophrenic. I'm not sure, but but but, but of she course, did, in, yeah. in, she, she did, didn't she? Of course, in in America, you've got to pay for your healthcare, so there are loads of very seriously mentally ill people just riding the trains, walking the streets. People who, who could potentially be psychotic. But this and, guy was walking up and down the carriage, challenging people to look him in the eye and stuff, wasn't he? And I was then did the whole hippie, hey, I'll talk to you, brother. Of course I'll talk to you. And then he was threatening to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, my God, we're in a country where they actually have guns. <laughs> this guy's going to shoot me. At one point he said, I'm going to make you scared. You scared? I'm going to make you scared. You wait till we get off this train. And it was terrifying. We recorded it. We got the 20 minutes of audio. The woman sitting next to us was crying. <laughs> she was, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. That was, that it was, was awful. Unpleasant. That was unpleasant. Again, completely silent carriage. Yeah. And this is New Yorkers. Yeah. I hadn't made the connection about mentally ill people and they had obviously made the connection about guns and knives <laughs> that I had failed to. Experience the unconventional. Evening, boss. The unpredictable. What's happening? And the completely unorthodox. Exactly. With rule-free Ian Lee. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. I've got no internet for the last four days. On Talk Radio.